Hi, this is Ben Lowe with Back to the Bible Canada and Truth and Life today with Dr. John Newfeld and our special guest from In Doubt, Isaac Dagno. And we had an incredible conversation. I think we all felt like, ah, oh, we gotta keep going, but we couldn't. What we did, we established last week, we were talking about natural disasters and God's sovereignty. And where we came down on last week is scripture is obvious about the fact that God is in control. Uh, even though we might not completely understand that when we think of the disasters that happen in, in Florida and in the Caribbean, places like Puerto Rico and St. Martin, and we've been there, that we virtually wiped out completely. And then we think of things like what happened in Houston and in India, and, and, and even a human disaster like Miramar you mentioned. Uh, you know, we, we recognize that somehow... Uh, God allows this or causes some of these things to happen. And, and that's difficult. And so that's what we're going to be discussing today uh, as we continue Truth and Life today. And remember, you can uh, watch these episodes on multiple different places and, and uh, something will come up on the screen giving you direction for that. But if you need more information about Truth and Life today, you can go to backtothebible.ca or call us at 1-800-663-2425. Uh, but let's continue our conversation because... Uh, uh, I think we were just getting geared up last week, and so we look forward to what's happening now. So, bottom line is, we believe that God causes these things to happen, or at least permits them to happen. Yeah, either way, you know, we can say it either way. We yeah, can say yeah. cause or permit. So I always say with permit, so you imagine a disaster comes to the gate of your house. Let's say you've got a white picket fence in front of your house. Okay. And it can't get through the gate unless the door is opened. And yeah. God opens the door and allows it to come. So either way, I don't think, you know, we're just it is cutting, slicing, it's slicing it really hairs, isn't it? It's one or the other. It doesn't really matter. Absolutely. And, but, so we recognize that. And, and we talked about the fact that, well, it's incredible to see God's awesomeness, his power and all these types of things. But then we sit back a little bit but, and we think to ourselves, but the destruction, the loss of life. Um, I know you had mentioned to me, John, the story uh, um, in Mexico. Yeah, the story in Mexico is that a, a, in a Roman Catholic church, there was a couple that was baptizing their baby when the earthquake occurred. Yeah. And the building collapsed and killed the, the couple and their child and others as well. So we have those kind of events that, in fact, yeah. that's a part of the experience that the human race has. And, and I think we need to look at that and we need to digest that. And that's, a, that's, a, that's a tough one, though, isn't it? I mean, I mean for me, as I, I think of it, like, what purpose... Could God see in that? Uh, we, we've got to struggle. Young people have to struggle with that. I mean, that whole idea of, uh, of that sense that, you know, we don't have necessarily a safe God. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because in, in so many uh, young adults' kind of minds, we, uh, we're so cultured to think with this naturalistic mindset that whatever is around is just here and that's what exists. And because of technology and the internet and all these different things as well, we are given sort of this, um, this idea that anything we want to know, we can know with certainty. So if we want to know any kind of historical thing, if we want to know any sort of philosophy or whatever, we can, because of the internet, find it all out. So when something like this happens, this supernatural thing where God, the Bible, does something like this, because we can't rationally understand it in our minds, and we can't see God's greater purposes in it, it, it's a huge struggle for a lot of young adult Christians. So help me understand, John, the purpose. Yep. point. And I think we can answer that at least somewhat. I would start with Luke 13, beginning at verse 1, I think around to verse 5. 
And in Luke 13, Jesus is telling the story of two events. One is, there was an event in which, uh, which Herod had mingled the blood of certain people along with their evening sacrifices. So he just slaughtered a group of people. But the second illustration is really what I think I'm after, and that is the, the incident around the Tower of Siloam. So however that Tower of Siloam was built, we don't know, but at one certain point in time, it fell unexpectedly, and Jesus said it killed 18 people. I mean, they just happened to be walking underneath it when the disaster occurred, and they happened to be what we might say in the wrong place at the wrong time. So, so there is an event. And so Jesus asks the question, and the question is, do you think that these people on whom the Tower of Siloam fell were worse sinners than those who, you know, were on the outside of the disaster? And he answers, no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. So I think if I hear Jesus correctly, he's saying that when these events occur, they are the voice of God speaking, that judgment is coming, and it will come to all of us. And so when we see these events, we're reminded that judgment stands at the door, and we ought to make all haste to repent immediately because we will perish like that. Now, Ben and, and Isaac, I have no idea why those 18 and not the 18 that was beside them. Yeah. I have no idea. God, according to his divine purposes, chooses when to unleash disaster, but it serves as a warning. The Lord of glory thunders who will not fear. And that's the word that I think the evangelical world has not been saying. We have not told people that there is a God who stands ready with divine judgment and that he allows in this earth to be little foretastes of both heaven and hell at the same time. Yeah. Great blessings occur to the undeserved, yeah. and great disasters occur to people who are no worse sinners than others. Hmm. Uh, and so we need to think, take into account what's going on, God's in control, what is he saying? And what he is saying is, take heed because the day of judgment will soon be upon you as well. Uh, Isaac, why do you think it is we, we've separated ourselves from that idea of the God of judgment and the God of wrath in our, in our generation today? I think it's because we're so inclined to want to think about things that are d delightful, <laughs> to, use a, to use that word, and especially for a lot of young adults, I mean the thought of a, a God of wrath, you know, a God that has this impending judgment um, upon sinners is something that's, I mean, you don't rest in that. There's nothing restful about it. And I think that's, uh, it's important, like as you're saying, that we need to be thinking about this more so. I think for a lot of uh, also young adults, the environments that they're in, in the, the churches that they're in, a lot of the time it's not emphasized this, this kind of God. We're not told to behold on a God of wrath. We're told to behold on a God who is patient and loving and merciful, which is not untrue. It's true. But it needs the mystery of God as being loving and, and, and wrathful is not there. So the moment that we're told that God, it, it, there's this divine judgment coming, is, is hard for young adults to hear. And the, and the whole idea too, I think we have to remember, and for young adults too, is that, I mean, there, none of us deserve God's grace and God's mercy. So when, when people die because of whatever it may be, I mean, God remains completely righteous and just. In fact, he remains, he's glorified in that because he, I mean, 2 Timothy uh, 2.13, I love the verse, it says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful for he cannot deny himself. 
So whatever he may do, it's, it's always going to be with a righteous and loving sort of thing. So anyways. Yeah. John, it's a little bit of a, a departure here, but uh, you have a series coming up in a month or so uh, about hell. And, 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 and I always find it interesting when, when we talk about hell and you talk about what hell is and what it's not and what God, God's relation to hell. You talk, help me out. You, you say something in respect to, you know, God doesn't send people to hell. Well, yes, he does. Okay. I, I want to say, yes, he does. Uh, indeed, uh, God visits with judgment us for, I mean, he doesn't cause our disobedience. Our disobedience arises. Okay from within our own sinful inclinations. We have an inner delight in resisting the authority of God. We find his authority to be obtrusive and, uh, and, and we're just offended by the idea of God. I mean, who does God think he is? God? Well, yes, yeah. he thinks he's God. And, yeah. and so this is very difficult for an individual. And so the, the, the nature of the fallen human condition is that we raise the fist against him and we shake it against him. And in mercy, and this is what I want to say, in mercy, God allows these outbreaks of wrath so that we might consider and say, I could never stand against God. Mm -hmm. How can I resist his will? Who am I? I'm a creature. He, the creator, he's infinite. I'm finite. How should I respond? And the answer is, I should fall on my knees and I should plead with him for mercy. And the beauty of the gospel is he provides mercy yeah. to all who yeah. come. So I, I think yeah. th th there can be, we can't see disaster as the hand of a merciful God. He hasn't allowed us all to go to judgment. He's given a little foretaste and said, consider your ways. So help me out because we're coming to the conclusion again of, of this segment. What would you say to a person in, in sort of a summary as to why disaster happens in our world? Yeah, I would say two things. One, it means something different for believers and unbelievers. Okay. When believers suffer, we are called to identify with the sufferings of Christ and his great honor. When unbelievers suffer, they are called by a merciful God to turn to him and he will provide mercy. So it is in both cases a merciful act in which God says, consider your ways. Okay. And, and, and I think that's what I would answer. Yeah. Any final thoughts, Isaac? Well, going back to what John was just saying, I think of Ananias and Sapphira, and I think of my own life, and I'm like, I've done much worse things than what Ananias and Sapphira did. I've kept back some tithe before too, and I, I haven't, God hasn't killed me. And I, I look at that and I'm like, wow, thank you for your mercy. And it says in Romans that God's kindness is meant to lead us to repentance. And I think that's important for all of us to know when this happens. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, guys. It's been really enlightening for me and I know likely our audience as well. Not an easy subject, but these are the types of things, as God's people, we need to talk about. And we need to get into the Word of God and understand who He really is. Thanks so much for joining us again at Back to the Bible Canada, Truth and Life Today, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. We hope you're enjoying the new Truth and Life Today show with Dr. John Newfeld. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode each week. But we want you to be involved in the show. To submit your own personal questions to Dr. John, you can email us at info at backtothebible.ca or find us on Facebook by searching Truth and Life Today.